You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. As a church, we're in the middle of a series as we're looking um, forward into what God has for us. And uh, we're looking at a passage of scripture in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. But before we get into it, um, we have two kids. They're a little bit older now, uh, but they were once small. And uh, I find that children ask the craziest questions. How, how many of you have heard crazy questions from kids? Um, I think all of us just, there's sometimes questions kids ask. You think, where does that come from? And um, BBC, they, they did 10 tricky questions that children will often ask. And here's just a few of them. Why don't all fish die when lightning hits the sea? Good question. I don't really know. I'm sure someone in here would, but I don't. Why aren't birds electrocuted on wires? What is time? Why is the moon something why is the moon sometimes out in the daytime as well as the night? Why did God let my kitten die? That's a hard one. Why do I like pink? I don't know why you like pink, but that's a good question. And here's my favorite. Why is water wet? You know, the reality is these are great questions, but probably most of us don't have the answers for it. We've just moved on. (laughs) But children ask because they want to know everything there is to know, right? They have a thought and they wonder, they want to know why. I, I remember Caleb, especially, I think when he's a bit young, he, he often asks why, why does, how does, where does, when does, and there's these constant questions and something just, you know, just stop. Just enjoy life. You don't, you don't need to know why. It's just because. It's just because. You know, the same thing goes when we come to know Christ. There's, there's a, a desire that we want to know everything. We, we want to know. We want to get into His Word. Who is Jesus? Why did, what did He say? What is the Christian faith all about? What is all of this? We just, we, we have an appetite. We want to know it. But as time goes on, sometimes our hunger can start to subside. And what was once really passionate, we want to know the answers, it starts to wane a bit. Just like as children, we have all these questions in life, but at some point we stop asking questions. Tack Andrews wrote this. He says, on average, most people stop learning in their 20s. Successful people stop learning and growing in their 40s. They have learned and grown enough to reach a certain level of success and then stop. But great leaders never stop learning. There's a sense of, I, I need to keep growing. I need to keep learning. God doesn't want us to stop learning and growing in our knowledge of Him. And uh, we're on this series of, we have everything we, we need in Jesus and uh, we're going to read again 2, pa- 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to, 3 to 11. It says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine grace and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, 
and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if any does, uh, but if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to add uh, to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The whole passage starts off with that he has given us everything that we everything we need for life and godliness. Everything that we need to live out this Christian life has been provided through Jesus. Everything. It's like all the toolkit, all the resources, all the plans, uh, all the, the strength we need, all the help we need is all found in Jesus. Everything. But we now need to work it out. We need to, to, to put it into practice. And there's things that we see in this passage. It says, for this very reason, because everything's provided, this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. And as we've mentioned over the last couple of weeks, your faith is what's giving you everything you need. It's your faith in Jesus that's giving you everything you need. But we need to then add to our faith these other things. And so last week we looked at, we need to add to our faith goodness, which is moral excellence. And we looked at this aspect of God needs to add, uh, we need to, to uh, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And moral excellence doesn't just happen by us trying to be better Christians, but it's allowing the Spirit, it's allowing His Word to change us from the inside out. Today we're going to look at the second part of this, or second word here, says, for this reason, add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge. Knowledge, according to the dictionary, is the, is the fact or state of knowing, okay? In other words, to know something, if we know something, we have knowledge, Right? And there are areas in our knowledge that I believe God challenges us to grow in. And it's not just knowledge. We see in, in Scripture there's a, almost a contradiction where it says uh, love builds up. Sorry, um, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And so what we're looking in the context is not just having knowledge for the sake of aren't we smarter as Christians, but there's knowledge in the Scripture here that we see that can be transformational. And the first one we're going to look at is to know Christ. Paul wrote in Philippians 3, I'll just go there quickly, Philippians 3, 10 to 11, it says this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to obtain the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ. Didn't Paul already know Christ? Didn't he already know Christ? He did already know Christ. But he says, I want to know Christ deeper. There's something about Christ. I want to know Him. I remember when I first came to know Donna. I wanted to know everything about her. It's true. <laughs> we talked on the phone. We spent time together. Do you know what? There, there was no matter of time that was too much. I don't know if you've ever been there before in your lives, but there is no amount of time that's too much time. It was never a thought of, I've got to spend all day with Donna. Oh, I get to spend all day with Donna. She was this mystery that I needed to figure out. And now we've been married almost 20 years. 
And I've discovered two things that I still don't know everything. Do you know the female race, gender, gender is a mystery. At the point you think you have it all figured out, there's these curveballs, these things you don't quite know. And I've learned that I don't know everything and it takes effort to learn more. Because sometimes the familiar can plateau a relationship. And with all of us, I'm sure you ladies, for us guys, we're such a mystery, aren't we? Oh. Okay, so it's a really a one-way street here. <laughs> we're quite, we're open books. It's quite simple. But you ladies are complicated. And it takes time. I heard that, amen. It takes time and it takes effort to, to, to know someone at a deeper level. You, you can know someone at a surface level. And even in a, in a marriage relationship, you can get to know one another. But until you continue, or unless you continue to prioritize and learn about each other, to grow deeper, to, to know their heart in that moment, you, you start to plateau and you start to just think you know them. And that's a dangerous territory to just think you know your spouse. And, and people can, for a long time, think they know their spouse for a long time and they start to drift apart because they just think they know where they're at, but they don't. And suddenly one day you hear, have this conversation, you realize you are miles apart and you had no idea because over all that time period, you weren't taking time to get to know one another. You weren't taking time to, to press into the relationship. The same thing happens in our walk with God. Can I just tell you something? We never truly know God. We never truly come to this place of, well, I've been there. I did the Alpha course. I did the discipleship course. I got it sorted. We're close. Do you know what? We can be in a relationship with the Lord for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And there's still something to discover. Paul wrote this. It applies. He had encountered God. He he regularly experienced something of the Lord in his life. And yet he kept coming back to say, I want to know Christ. I want to know Him in a deeper way. There's something I, I don't know. I want to have a knowledge of Him that's greater today than it was yesterday. You see, I, I discovered the more that we spend time with Him in prayer, the more we press into His Word, the more we, we say, do you know what? I'm going to be intentional about getting to know who God really is. I want to know His Spirit. I want to know all that He has for me. The more we press into it and make that a priority of our lives, the more we hunger for it. I've been surprised about this. And yet the, the opposite is also true. The more I think I know God, I don't really need to press in. I don't really, I start to drift. I start to, I, I, my, my, my heart for him, my, my passion for him starts to wane. Who is Christ? What is his heart for you? What is his passion? What does he care about? What is he thinking right now? What is Christ thinking right now? We've been given the mind of Christ. We see in the scripture, what is he thinking? What is he doing? What is he planning? What is his will? You see, all of these questions I've just asked are questions that we come from a, um, to have an answer for it comes from a place of us pressing in to get to know it. When you say, I want to know Christ, I, I want to know everything about him. I want to know his heart. I, w- I want to know his plans. I, w- I want to know what he's doing right now. I want, to, I want to know what his plan is for my life. You see, the more we know Jesus, Again, going back to this passage of Scripture, the more effective we'll be in our walk with Him and living for Him. We'll be effective. 
And we'll be productive because we'll know his heart. We know who he is. And I know IBTI students are here today and you're here to, to, to grow and to learn. But you know what? It's to, at the end of the day, it's about knowing Jesus deeper. It's not just knowing what a textbook says. It, it's not just looking at, at the Bible from an academic perspective, but it's looking at it from a perspective. How can I get to know Jesus better through the word? How can I have a deeper relationship as I apply this? Again, it'd be like having a book on Donna. It'd be so much easier sometimes. If I could just refer to a book, wouldn't it? If I could just know. But that's not how it works. I gotta dig in deeper. I gotta, I, we gotta work on, on asking questions and, and knowing more. And so it's knowing Christ, having a knowledge of Christ that's continuing to grow in ever increasing measure. But it's also growing in our knowledge of Christ's love for us. We don't have a relationship with God where it's, it's just this kind of one-sided thing where we're challenged just to, to know Him more. But actually, we see also Paul writes to the, the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 3, verses 16 to 19. It says this, it says, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the saints. I want you to grasp this, okay? You may have the power with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with the measure of all of the fullness of God. See, Paul is saying, do you know what? I pray, my prayers for you guys, that together with everyone else, somehow you'll be able to grasp how big is God's love for you. That you would know His love that surpasses human knowledge. It isn't just a matter of saying, God loves me. But it's, I pray that somehow you would be able to grasp how big His love is for you. How wide, how deep is His love Christ's love surpasses our, our understanding of what love could be. It reaches beyond human limits. You see, our love, when we define God's love for us, we're, we're using the equation of our love for others. And yet God's love is beyond that. It's beyond our knowledge of love. God redefines what love is because He, he puts a standard that we can't understand with our own understanding because His love is unconditional. It just keeps going. It keeps permeating through. When we fail, He keeps loving us. There's, there's nothing that separates us from this love. In fact, in Romans 8, 38 to 39, it says, I'm convinced. Paul was convinced of this. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will able to, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our, our Lord. Then nothing can hold back the love of God for us. That somehow when we say, when God says, I, I want you to grow in knowledge, I want you to grow in the knowledge of my love for you. Can I just tell you today, if you're here and you don't know this message of God's love, do you know God loves you? And there's nothing you can do for God to stop you, for, for God to stop loving you. There's nothing that you can do for God to say, you know, I don't love you quite as much now because you've done this. Do you know, His love is unconditional. It just goes on and on. And God challenges us to, to press into, to know His love. 
to know His heart. We need to make every effort to grow in this knowledge of His love for us. Because to know this love changes everything in our presence. You see, to know that I'm valued, that I'm loved regardless of what I look like, regardless of what I do, regardless of my past, regardless of my financial state, regardless of the car I drive, regardless of the family that I, I grew up in, regardless of all of that, that I am loved and valued changes my perspective. To know that God cares for you, that I'm precious in His sight, that I'm loved, that I'm never alone, that I'm of great value. It's as we know this, that we are filled to the measure of the fullness of God. We see that in the, the end of Ephesians, that we would know this, that so we would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. You see, when we know and we live in this understanding that we are loved by the King of Kings, we, we, we are, are precious to Him, that there's nothing that holds back this love towards us. It changes our today and it changes our tomorrow because we have the God of the universe on our side, caring for us and loving us. And sometimes we, we make mistakes and we fail and there's things that go wrong in our lives and somehow we feel we've got to do penance or do things to somehow make it back up to God's favor. You know what? That's rubbish. I was trying to use the right word that was not wrong. It's rubbish. When God says, I forgave all your sins because of my great love. He forgave all your sins in the past. He forgave all your sins in the present. He forgave all your sins in the future. And when we put our faith in Him, we walk and we live in a state of His, His love and His grace and His forgiveness and His mercies. He's on our side. We're on the winning team. But we need to continue to grow in our knowledge of that love for, for us, that He has for us. How do we grow in this knowledge of our, His love? I think ultimately it's experiencing it. To open our hearts to Him. To let Him speak to you. To look at what His Word says. Do you know, again, I think when we spend time alone with the Lord and we allow our hearts to be open and vulnerable to Him, I guarantee you God will speak His love towards you. When you say, God, what are you saying? You know, I dare say every time, I say, God, what are you saying? This affirmation of love comes. You see, it's the same thing as spending time with your spouse or someone significant in your life, when you spend time with them, you open your heart. You see, love isn't something that we can just read about. Some, love is something we got to experience. And we experience His love by opening our hearts to Him again and saying, God, I just need to know Your love. I feel rejected right now. I feel alone. I feel all of these things. God, what are You saying to me? And allow the Spirit of God to reveal His love. Reveal His unconditional love. The third thing that we need to grow in the knowledge of, of what it really means to follow Christ. To be a real disciple. You know, I discovered that to know what it means to follow Christ continues to change because he continues to lead us onwards. Surrendering our will, becoming Christ-like in our actions and attitudes is something we're constantly needing to learn. What does that look like? Living the life God's way and not our own. In John 10, 4, it says, He goes ahead of his, goes ahead of them, his sheep, us, and the sheep follow because they know his voice. To follow, we need to know his voice. And, and again, I think it goes back to 
the last two points we've looked at, to know Christ, to know his love, but also to know what his voice is. What is his leading? What does it mean to follow him? It's not enough to know what God's plan and direction was for your life 10 years ago. It wasn't at some point in your life God spoke to you and that's you're good to go. But we keep coming back to a place of saying, God, today, Lord, what is your will? I've discovered over and over in life as the older I get, I still don't have it all figured out. I still have to keep coming back to God saying, God, what is it? What is it you're, you're doing? What is your heart? Where, how can I join you in what you're doing? What, what is your will for me? You see, learning to follow his voice is something I believe takes a lifetime to hear his leading, to hear his voice. You see, we can have a knowledge of his will in our past, but we need a knowledge of his will for her today, don't we? For all of us, we're in a place right now that God wants to speak. He wants to reveal. He wants to share what it is that he has for you. But we need to follow his voice, follow his leading. We need to follow his voice, but then there's a surrendering to his, his leading that comes second to that. Your will be done, not mine. To know Christ, to know it, means to follow in a day-to-day, choice-by-choice decision. We can take one moment in our lives to say, you know what, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. We give our lives over to him. Salvation happens at that moment. But I've discovered that following Jesus then becomes a moment-to-moment following Jesus. A moment-to-moment saying, okay, God, I surrender to your will, even though I would fancy doing something a little bit different. Even though I'd rather do this or do that. I want to say, God, your will be done, not mine. To know what it means to follow Christ is this lifetime commitment. And this knowledge will keep you from being ineffective in your Christian life. Because you'll have a right perspective of what you, of where you need to be, what you need to be doing. God is calling us to not just have faith in Him, but to grow in our knowledge of Him. To grow in our walk with Him. To grow in our, our understanding of His voice for our lives. To grow in our understanding of His love for us. These are all things that God is challenging us. And even in this season, students, I encourage you to, to press in to Christ, His Spirit. I encourage us as a church to press into Christ. God wants to speak to you. God wants to lead you. God wants to, to, to change you and be, transform you by His love and His, His passion for you. But we see in Scripture that we need to make every effort to add to our faith knowledge. We don't just know Christ and know His love by osmosis. We need to make effort to press in and say, you know what, God, I, I want to spend time with you. And again, going back to my relationship with Donna, you know, I'll only get to know her better. I'll only understand her love for me better. I'll only get to, to, to develop the relationship further if I spend time alone with her. I've shared this in the past, but we don't group date with God. This isn't group dating with the Lord. It isn't just once on a Sunday we come together and we have this experience and we all share with Jesus together. Yeah, we do that to a certain extent. But then he's, I want to be with you. Jesus took time alone with the Father. He, he modeled what this looked like. You see, every day he needed the knowledge of God's heart for the people he was going to reach. He, he had to spend time alone with the Father so he knew 
You see, Jesus didn't have it all sorted in the sense he emptied himself of that glory. and He was dependent like we are upon the spirit of God to understand what is God's, what is the heart of the father for this day? So we get away with the father and just spend time with him. You know, he models something that is our challenge. We're all busy. We all have lots we do. And I believe it takes effort to say, you know, I'm going to take time to just be alone with the Lord. I'm going to open my heart and I'm going to allow God just to speak. And sometimes it's silencing the other things. Sometimes it's not taking your mobile phone with you in prayer time. Facebook can be a dangerous thing when you're trying to pray with Jesus. Or all the other distractions or the emails that come in, the text. Sometimes you just need to silence all of that. So you can say, speak, Lord. I I want to hear your voice. I I want to know your love. I I want to know your heart. I want to know you. What are you thinking right now? You see, Jesus is there. And in the relationship, it isn't a question of whether Jesus is there. It's a question of whether we're in the relationship with Jesus. Right? Again, we see in Revelation, him saying, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice. The question isn't whether he's speaking or whether he's there. He is already there. The question is, are we going to open up and allow him to come in? And are we going to say, God, I want to know you. Jesus, I, I want to know you. I want to know you better today than I did yesterday. Speak, Lord, to me. That is our heart. That is God's heart for you, is that he would know you and you would know him. I mean, he knows you already, but that you would know him more importantly. Maybe you're here today and you've never made that commitment to follow Jesus. Can I tell you what? Your life will be transformed. Maybe you've been here today and you thought, these people are crazy. You watched us in worship thinking, what are they on about? Do you know what? The reason we can get crazy in worship is because we've experienced something that's bigger than us. We've experienced a God that's awesome and it's worth getting excited about. And I encourage anyone who might be here in this place who's never given their lives to Jesus. Can I tell you, getting to know him is the best thing you'll ever encounter in your life. But getting to know him requires something of you. It requires a surrendering of your life to him. And it's, it's making a decision saying, Jesus, I choose to follow you, to give my life to you, forgive all my sins, come by your spirit in my life. And you know, when we put our faith into him and that we, we make that commitment, you know, we're filled with everything we need to live this out. He's given us everything we need. It's no longer up to you, although, as I just said, we've got a part to play in this. But we discover what life's all about. You know, knowing Jesus is what life's all about. You were on this planet to know Jesus. And that's why when we kind of take Jesus out of our relationship and we just live life and Jesus is kind of along for the journey, we miss the, perp- we, we miss the point. The point is to know Jesus. That's why we're on this planet is to know Jesus. And when we know Jesus, everything else in our life starts to make sense. We have a purpose, we have intention because knowing Jesus and having a relationship completely surrendered to him, everything else makes sense in life when it's in that order. It works. God is calling us to know him. We need to add to our faith goodness, into our goodness knowledge, into our knowledge, 
Next week we're looking, or in two weeks' time, we're looking at self-control, which is a great one, isn't it? IVTI, you're going to learn all about this in a... tomorrow. <laughs> the rest of us, we gotta, we got to work on it. I'm going to close in prayer. Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.